down, nigga. All we need is a stage, God. Yes, people, what's going down? It's murder. You know what? Like, Fry Festival and Ja Rule. He came off as a complete and utter idiot. And to be honest, when you've heard him in other interviews and stuff like that, Ja Rule is a fool. But there have been a few fire tracks. And yeah. Ain't gonna lie, I, I love this when it came out. I still love it. Fug love him with Bobby Brown. Yeah. But, people, we're on episode 43 of the podcast. And, yo, it's so fucking crazy right now. You know what I mean? The amount of insane shit that's been going on. You've got... Like stuff that just doesn't make any sense. How the fuck is Jussie Sumlet not going to jail? That that's the thing that blew my mind. You know what I mean? It's like you know what I mean? he he. Oh yeah, of course he's denying everything, but they found receipts of him purchasing the bleach and the deuce. You've also got a check that he paid the brothers who came and then <laughs> they beat him up. Like, he's so banged to rights on all this shit. But for some reason, like, their case gets dropped. It's just like, who's getting blown? That's what I need to find out. There's that's in some insane, insane shit. It's insane. It's crazy. It makes no sense. You know what I mean? So, like, is he going to get brought back to Empire? Is he going to have a career from this? Because the thing is, if you're found guilty and then you repent and boom, 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 fine. But when you're banged to rights and still try and act like, yo, I did nothing. I'm, I'm innocent. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that just leaves a bad taste in the mouth. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh, come on, man. Come on. Let, let, let's not do that shit, right? But yeah, it, it just blew my mind. Also, like, so, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure everyone's seen it. There's that video that's been going around social media of, of, the, of the girl. I think it's her birthday. Um, every all the peoples are there. She get uh, some dude lifts her up on his shoulders, and then when she gets put down, yo, the room just goes dead, and everyone's like looking at her. And there's like a sanitary towel stuck to the back of the dude's back. 
which is is hilarious. You know, it's funny, but you do wonder how the fuck is that gonna happen? Because it, you know, what I mean, she can't be wearing baggies for that to happen. You know, what I mean, if she's wearing underwear, there's no way the towel could get stuck onto the, my man's back. You know, what I mean? so you do feel like I've been to my village. She's like supposedly like word is that it, it was all staged. It's funny though. You know, what I mean, ain't gonna. Ain't gonna hold it against her or whoever, but I had my own tampon sanitary towel moment. You know what I mean? Which was was, was crazy. So the other last Friday, I went to an away day for work. It it was a pointless piece of shit. It was it, it was such a a stupid ass event. You know what I mean? But I'm there, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm repping, I'm doing my thing, and I'm at a table with a, a few of my peoples, man, and so we're all sitting there, and, like, the head of the London division, he stands up, and then he's just, you know, he's running his gums, he's yapping, he's talking shit, but at the very end, he then starts going, oh, we, we're recruiting these new people, yeah, so we've got this person in this role, this person in this role, and then, then out of nowhere, he's just like, oh, and we filled this role, which was my role. So in front of the whole room, this motherfucker has basically announced that I've lost my job. Like, and I saw him at the beginning of this event. I saw him at the beginning. At no point did he come talk to me. And then afterwards, still nothing, said nothing to me. And my viewers at the desk just looked around at me and they're like, what's going on? Did you apply? Did you get the job? I'm like, no. And it was it was just crazy because no one knew what the fuck to say. They're all looking at me like, um, oh, are you okay? Like what's and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? I'm I've got other gigs in the pipeline. I'm gravy. It's just it was just insane how you know what I mean you, you see how certain people act. And the shabbiness that they do, it was, yeah, it was crazy, you know what I mean? But, hey, listen, calm as a bitch. So, these people want to act in a certain way, that's fine. Because shit's going to come bite you in the ass at some time, trust me. Well, I'm just living life like it's golden, you know what I mean? That's me. I'm all good. So, let us get to some other crazy news that's been um, hitting this week, right? Okay, so something else that was going around that was insane. Like, it was that video of the, um, the guy on the underground who um he's standing there and there's this little old lady who and she's sitting down just minding her own business i think she was even knitting you know what i mean like not doing anything to anyone and then out of nowhere this dude just kicks this old woman 
in the head, which was insane. It was just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, but the the but the craziest thing of all, no one helped this old woman. So you've got this guy, and he didn't. He kicked her about five times in the head. No one did anything. Like you've got all of those people on that carriage, and no one jumped to the old woman's aid. You know, and. Fine. Maybe the other people are all tiny little motherfuckers. You know what I mean? So they were scared. But I say, look, you would just turn around to some of the others and be like, listen, right? If we rush this motherfucker together, we will take him. Yeah? So let's do it. We can't let this go. So you'd either think that, or at least, or at least, when he gets off, yeah, go and see if the old woman is okay. But no one even went to see if she was okay. That was insane. You know what I mean? It's just a bit like, wait, what's going on? But all they wanted to do is video. So they can throw the footage up on their Twitter, on their Instagram or Facebook or whatever. It's just like, it just baffles the shit out of me, you know, it like, doesn't make any sense, One, but one crazy thing I just wondered about, actually, I was just thought, just came to me, why the fuck were people filming in the first place, because when you see the video, it's happening before he's even kicked or anything like that, so I wonder why people were filming, that, you know I mean, filming the dude, or that end of the carriage in the first place, so there's that, but yeah, how is it people aren't helping, that, that, that just blows my mind, but the good thing is, this low-life motherfucker got arrested, so that was good, and hopefully, um, you know, when that little fool gets locked up in jail, People gonna be treating him like the old granny, you know what I mean? That's all you can hope, that his time in jail is not a fun ride. It's gonna be like, um, in uh, you know, in Shawshank, you want this motherfucker to get Shawshanked, really, you know what I mean? The bit at the beginning when it's just like... I'd like to say that my time in jail was all fine and nothing happened. But, no, I was raped every day. <laughs> and, yeah, if you kick old grannies in the head numerous times, then getting your ass wrecked every day is, I think, that's getting off lightly. So, you know, Hopefully, yeah, that motherfucker gets his. You know what I mean? And I don't, I feel no way about saying that. So, anyone that has a problem with me saying that, go fuck yourself. Okay, so since Caster Semina, ugh, Caster Semina. 
Ooh, I feel I have butchered that surname. But since she started racing, there's been a lot of scrutiny around her. Um, you know, I think a lot was said that she was transgendered or that she had both sexual organs. There's, you know, there was a lot of stuff going back and forth. Um, there's, I think she started a good few years back. And, like, a problem is that she has a higher testosterone level than other female athletes. Now, the thing with that is that, you know, testosterone can help your performance, which is, you know, it's not something that is being made up. It's, It's a true thing. Like, TRT... Um, testosterone replacement treatment therapy that has been banned from the UFC because you know they and boxing because they realize that if you're having you know this uh, testosterone pumped into your system you then gain an unfair advantage on your opponents because it means that injuries are cured quicker recovery time from exercise is quicker like endurance is better you know it it does give an advantage so the IAAF um want to in want to put in place new rules to kind of balance all of this out so what they have um what they've said is this female athletes with naturally high testosterone levels would have to race against men or change events unless they took medication to reduce those levels so i i you know i think the un is saying that these plans are unnecessarily humiliating and harmful. But if it's just a case of taking some medication that will reduce the testosterone, I mean, is that really a bad thing? You know, there's no surgery, like nothing crazy, just a tablet. Because like when when we know that it would give certain athletes a a very big advantage over their competitors i is this fair is this a fair a level playing field you know it, it gets very murky the whole situation um and yeah i don't know it's a difficult one because look you don't want to make people feel bad about themselves but also you you can't have people with this huge advantage then smashing all of these records and and, and stuff like that when it's just not fair i mean they've there's a, there's the big situation with um was it uh, a weightlifter called Laurel Hubbard? Uh, 
Um, it was she is a transgendered New Zealand weightlifter, and she she oh, she competed as a male for a number of years. And then I think it was in 2016 or 2014 that she, you know, became transgendered and then was competing as a female. But when competing as a female, she was then just smashing all records, like lifting so much more than any other female could ever lift. So, like, you have a situation like that and you can, look, there's no... You know, there's nothing against Laurel for, um, you know, going, look, I've, I don't feel like I'm a man. I want to be a female. Look, all power to her. There's That's not the issue. The only issue is, can you now compete against other females in this sport? Because, right, you've changed your sex... But you still have this huge advantage, which isn't fair. That's why men don't compete against women. You know, like, if you had a male weightlifters competing against female weightlifters, for the most part, the males would destroy the females. It's just the body makeup, you know. So that's why they don't do it. That's why it's split into the two categories. So, when you have someone that has transitioned from male to female, that's all fine. But they've still got the male, um, you know, the male uh, physical attributes that will give them this huge advantage. So, yeah, it becomes extremely tricky. Because you're not trying to stamp on people's rights. You know what I mean? You're, you're not trying to go, you can not do this, and now you cannot do that. And, you know? But, where is the line? See, this is the thing. Where is the line, people? I don't know. But it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. You know, because can the UN really tell the IAAF like, what laws they can put in place and that kind of thing? And when it comes to a medical situation... See, this is a thing. It's not like if... If, if the IAAF said, right, we are no longer going to let um, Asian athletes race against, um, you know, Caucasian athletes, then it would be like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? That's fucked up. You can't have that. Because that's based on nothing. That's just bullshit. But when it's something medical, something that's clear, and you know, every sign shows there is a, 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 a an advantage now. How do you regulate that? Because that's not fair, right? Certain athletes having this huge advantage, 
that's not fair so we need to find a way to regulate it to ensure that everyone is competing at uh, you know what I mean at the same levels but how do we do that you know so I you know this is crazy to me this is like you know one of my best friends she's a rain she's a runner so you know and I I see the amount of hard work she puts into all of this so if I was to one day go hey you know what you can call me Kevina and I'm gonna race like you know I <laughs> to be honest she, she'd probably still beat me but it wouldn't be fair right it wouldn't be fair so yeah like you know I'm definitely interested to see what happens here. Something that always kind of frustrates me is when, you know, these like news places put up these stories that are supposedly looking at a certain situation or whatever, whatever. But there's this they never actually ask the real questions or they never look at something properly it's always just a bit just really safe just to make people feel good about themselves and once again the BBC do it <laughs> you know they they keep on putting this bullshit up it's like um so Adrian Childs has a radio show and he he are he was talking to two people about Dating when you're visually impaired. And these people, you know what I mean? He's asking stupid questions. Like he said to this guy, he's like, oh, it must be so refreshing because, you know, you 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 now take away the superficial nature of dating. And it's just like, listen, you dumb motherfucker. People are still superficial. Like, just because someone can't see that well doesn't mean they're not superficial. You know what I mean? Then you've got this other this other guy going, oh, yeah, I really like smells and I really like, you know, accents. I'm like, that's nothing new. That A lot of people make their decisions because they think, oh, that person sounds nice or that person smells nice or that person smells like shit. You know, it's just like the real issues. That's what you know. What I mean, we we want to know about. That's that's the shit you want to think. And it's just like, look, well, you know, when you can't see, you have things like yo, know, you can't see a menu, or if you're in a restaurant and you need to go, um, you know, use the facilities, and it's just like trying to locate them and not trip over shit on the way. Or like the worst thing is, and the amount of times I've done it, it's like when you go to places and they've got a mirror wall. I remember once I was I was in a spot, and I was like, right, I'm gonna get up. I I need I mean I need to find the toilet. So I stood up and I was like, yo, this place is a lot bigger than I thought. And I'm like, yo, um, 
I don't know, there's nothing over there. I don't think there's anything over there. I'm going to try over there. And so I'm walking. And I'm, because I'm kind of talking over my shoulders, I'm walking. So I don't realise I'm walking into a motherfucking mirror wall. You know, and, and it's just shit like that. You know I mean, that's the problems when you're like, try when you're dating and your sight's fucked. It's just like stupidness like that. Or... You know, someone is, there's, you know, a lot of conversation is like visual cues. So if you can't see that someone is, you know, upset or getting angry, you know, like you'll carry on like talking about certain shit and you don't know. You know, and then they're all pissed and be like, couldn't, couldn't you see that I was getting upset? And I'm like, no, motherfucker. No, I couldn't. You know, and so you have that. Um, like, uh, one of the biggest things, you know, you've had a great day. And, you know, so you say goodbye and then you go and then you get a text to be like, I thought we had a good time. And then you're like, yeah, we did. And you're like, so why didn't you kiss me? And you're like, well, I didn't know you wanted me to. And we're like, oh, I was giving you all the signals. I'm like, motherfucker, I can't see the signals. You know what I mean? Vocalize those signals. Where's the audio description here? So they're, they're like, these are the, but they don't want to talk about, you know what I mean? They just friggin' make these pieces so boring. So boring, and it's just like, yo, look at the issues. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you, you know, but a bonus, like you, you can use if you've got bad eyesight and you're getting busy with your chick. You know what I mean? And she's just like, oh, you know what I mean? It's always about you, isn't it? What about me? Why, why don't you play with my clit? You're like, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> don't know where it is can't see it so stop moaning <laughs> and deal with the matter <laughs> you know but hey look there's so there's this there's a lot of crazy shit like if you're trying to meet someone uh, you know you saw some places you go and there's like loads of different exits and you're trying to find that's always a nightmare that is yeah problematic so there's all this other shit so bbc if you're gonna do a motherfucking piece stop sugarcoating you know what i mean like ask the real questions that's all i'm saying so apple had the big um the big event on monday um yeah no i think it was monday it was the 25th yeah, of course, that's Monday. Yes. Well, anyway, anyway. They're the big event. Um, and it was a, a lot of interesting things that were announced. Stuff that wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I expected any of it. Um, like, Apple Arcade. I don't really care about that. I don't play games. Um, so, yeah. I have no interest in that. Sounded interesting though, so I'm I'm sure gamers will um enjoy that. The the things that interested me were the um the Apple credit card and just Apple Pay in general. I, I know a few of my friends use it. I've not 
bothered setting it up yet but um yeah I mean looking at that I'm thinking yeah I probably should set it up and the whole the whole way of making payment because is the one thing that really gets me like you know I mean you look at your statement and you see all these weird bills like bills on there and you're like what the fuck was that like what what did I spend 15 huh and the fact that they, you know what I mean, properly itemize things. So you'll get the proper name of the store and the location and blah, blah, blah. I think that seems like it would make life so much easier. So I thought that was interesting. And the fact that you, you know what I mean, the discounts that they'd be offering and all of that. So that was very interesting. The, um, another thing, like the Apple TV, I, that sounds all right. I have to say it sounds all right. Like the, 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 the streaming service was, um, kind of different. I have to say like from all the, everything that they announced, there definitely seemed an agenda there. You know what I mean? It was just like, well, this show is featuring these strong women in this show. It's got a strong woman in this show. This show, we have immigrants. And this show, and it's just like, okay, I I get it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I get it, Apple. It's fine. It's all good. But, you know, I like, I have to say, you know, um, there were some interesting things in the TV series that were announced. It was a bit funny seeing Spielberg in the mix, especially because, you know what I mean, he's been going off on Netflix recently. So it's a bit like, ah, <laughs> so you're involved with Apple. Interesting, Steve. Very interesting. I I do think it's a bit, it's a bit of a shame they didn't announce any pricing. I think that's the big thing. Because okay, so you've you've created this new platform, and you've got all of this rich content that's going to be coming onto it. But no pricing. Where's the pricing structure? And this was the odd thing. Like they, they, they there wasn't any of that really throughout. And usually, we always get pricing, you know, when it, with the new phones, with the new watches, you know, or like the tablets and everything. It's always right. This model is going to cost this. This model is going to cost that. Bum, 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 bum. I mean, we got it with the magazines, with Apple News, but yeah, not with the TV. So I thought that was a bit strange, you know. It would have been good for them to give some sort of idea. Uh, a really big thing that did come out, though, was I don't think Apple can name a product anymore. It was just like, okay, so we've enhanced our news. So Apple News, we've rejigged it, boom, boom. Oh, that's great. Um, and you know, we we who loves a newsstand? Well, we brought the newsstand to you and loads of subscriptions of magazines, and we're calling it 
Apple News Plus. <laughs> She's like, whoa, that's original. Great one, Apple. Then it's just like, oh, we have rejigged our um, TV. So we've made Apple TV even better. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that sounds great. And um, we're now creating content. And we're calling it Apple TV Plus. So it's like, we get it. Just stop adding a plus in front of everything. You know what I mean? Like, you, 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 you want to create something. You want to do something. That's all good. But let, let's think of new names. So it's going News Plus, TV Plus. Ah, it's just like, come on, people. Just a little bit of inventiveness, maybe. I do, I will say, Tim Cook has got a lot better at these event things. Because I remember the first one he did, oh my, he was all over the shop. And not not great. But it seems that he understands his strengths. And so, you know, he'll top and tail it a little bit in the middle. But for the most part, he'll bring in other people to talk about all the other stuff, which is all good. But you kind of get the impression that Tim probably does that with all of life. You know what I mean? I'm, I can just imagine Tim with his partner and he'd be like, okay, oh, you know, so I thought today we could um, go to the park and have a picnic. Now, I'm not the best at picnics, so I'm br- introducing you to Dave. Dave knows everything about picnics, you know, so Dave will do the picnic. And then when they're getting amorous at night, it'll be like, okay, I'm not very good at, uh, you know, all the oral stuff. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring Francis in. And Francis is going to take care of that. That's that's just the impression you get. You know what I mean? Tim Tim will bring people in. You know what I mean? He's going to outsource every single thing. And he'll he'll just top and tail. You know what I mean? So you get a hug off Tim at the very end. You get a hello at the beginning. And someone else will do all the rest. But, um, yeah, you know what? I, I would be down for the Apple Pay shit, for sure. And, um, like, the thing I, the, the interested me about the Apple TV was the fact that you could... They're saying you will just pay for the channels you want. See, that's, that is what we were kind of promised back in the day. You know what I mean? With the... When... Um, the whole, I think, cable TV kind of came on. That was just like, look, instead of having to subscribe to a whole thing, you'll be able to just break it down, cha- like, channel by channel. But the only thing is, how much is that going to be? You know what I mean? How much is each channel going to cost? Because if it's like, 
really expensive. It might be better just to get the package. Who knows? But um, yeah, I I think that's what I would I I'd like to more info on that because it's interesting. But you know what I mean? Need more info, people. Come on, Apple, get to it. Okay, so Saturday tonight, um, it was a, another UFC event. So, uh, this time, it hailed from Nashville, and it was Stephen Wonderboy Thompson against Anthony Showtime Pettis. So, you know what I mean? Straight away from that fight, you just think, oh. That's going to be good. They both kind of got dynamic styles. They're both light on their feet. They're both in and out fighters. The only thing is, Thompson is a welterweight. Showtime was a uh, fly, not a flyweight. Oh, I can never remember what it's called. 155 pounds. Ah. Uh, you know what, it's escaped me, so um, he was 155, he even dropped down to 145, um, so that's where he's fought most of his career, you know, winning titles, WEC and W and UFC, both uh, against Benson Henderson, um, so, you know, he's been the champion, but he is the smaller person, he's saying, oh, I don't have to cut weight, so, you know, and I did fight at 170, like, in the amateur days, but, hey, that was a long time ago, and not cut, you know what I mean, there's not cutting weight, and then there's not cutting weight, so, I mean, you know, I'd imagine Stephen Thompson doesn't cut a huge amount of weight, but he will cut weight to make 170, so Pet is not cutting weight, he's still the smaller guy, so that's the thing, it's just like, look, the bigger guy against the smaller guy, even though they both have uh, kind of similar styles, um, yeah, you wonder, I mean, the only difference is, I don't, we, I don't think we've ever seen Thompson's jiu-jitsu, we, we, you know, we've never really seen him on the ground, so, um, yeah, and the other fights looked okay, we, you know, but, Eh, they some of them were up and down, so I'm just gonna go in and out and take it from there. Uh, so we had Randa Marcos against Angela Hill. Well, this was a quick ass fight. Now they both were um, a part of the, uh, the the UFC Ultimate Fighter when um, when it was a strawweight. And they don't like each other. You know, they, they, I think they argued in the house. So it's been years since. So there wasn't really too much animosity. But, you know, there's still a little bit. I, you kind of felt. But this wasn't the Randa Marcos from, you know, the last few fights. She wasn't trying to box with Hill. You know, she just... Got in close, grabbed her, took Hill down. And it was really weird because Angela Hill, her first run in the UFC, it wasn't incredible. She went to the, the Invicta 
and went on a tear in Invicta, you know, became the champion, got the strawweight belt, um, killed it, was killing it, but she's come back to the UFC, and it's like, I don't know, her, her ground game is, she looks like she doesn't know what she's doing, and it's the most peculiar thing, she seems very one-dimensional, it's weird, it makes no sense, because we know she, she can fight, and she's shown ground game, you know, and she's shown um, a variation in attacks, but in a fight recently, we don't see it, and in this fight, it was pretty one-sided, Marcos got her down, and then it was a case of, you know, just freeing up the arm, like, he'll try to fight it for a while, but in the end, she was always going to be giving up the arm, so, yeah, submission win for Marcos, then it was Alexi Davis against Jennifer Meyer, now, Alexi Davis was ranked number six, but you, I don't think you would have noticed, because she, uh, yeah, she did not look incredible, she did not look incredible, it, it was really weird, it, again, there was no variation in her attacks, so she was getting lit up by Maya, lit up, she did take Maya down, like, Maya had the first round, Clearly, she took Maya down in the second round and basically controlled Maya, which again is, is so weird. Like sometimes you see fighters who you know can fight off their back, and then all of a sudden they're in a fight, they're on their back, and they it's like they know nothing, it's very bizarre. But then in the third round, you know, Maya, yeah, controlled it again. So, um, yeah, Maya took this one. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I only really talk about it. It was just because the weirdness in Davis. You know, Davis went from someone who could potentially be challenging for the belt back in the day. Like, she's ranked number six now. But I don't... I don't know if she's come to that point where now she's sliding backwards. You know, I don't know if she's now just a gatekeeper. You know, because from this performance, you wouldn't say that she is going to be challenging again for the belt. We then have Marlon there against Frankie Sainz. Now, Frankie Sainz has been on a bit of a tear, but I do feel... It is an unjust one because he lost the fight against Morash. You know, he he lost that fight. But anyway, so he's fighting Marlon Vera. Um, so you, but you thought this was gonna be a bit of a slugfest? No, Vera hit him with a jab. Signs just went down. He went down from the jab, and then Vera swarmed him. Took him out, TKO, extremely early in the first round. It, yeah, it was crazy. 
We then have Bryce Mitchell against Bobby Moffitt. And this was a crazy fight. This, you know, this was clearly worth being the headline of the prelim fights. Because it was back and forth. It was crazy. It was insane. There was a lot of um, submission transitions. Which was great. Um, And you know. From Mitchell. But Moffitt did have Mitchell in a few close sub situations. But even with that. You kind of felt that Mitchell was always in dominance in this fight. You know, he took the win and then he was hilarious on the mic. So that was, yeah, another good fight. So we're in the main card and we start off with Macy, the future barber. Now, she's the girl who wants to be the youngest UFC champion. So she's the girl who I got mixed up with um, the other Macy a couple of weeks back, but yes, so Macy Barber against JJ Aldridge, um, who's had a good career in Invicta, I think she's unbeaten in the UFC, and oh my gosh, Aldridge had the first round, she put Barber down, she was just taking it to Barber, and so this is the thing, because we've never really seen anyone Get in Barber's face. You know what I mean? Take the fight to Barber. Put her on the back foot. And it was clear she does not like fighting on the back foot. Her um her def- her punch defense was terrible. It was terrible. Like she wasn't moving off the line. So she's just moving backwards in a straight line. So she was just getting tore up, it was, it was crazy, it didn't look like she, again, I, you know, I've said it so many times, I'm sounding a bit like Dominic Cruz here, but she had no, um, no variation in her attacks, it was all very obvious, so she lost the first round, she had a lot of damage on her face, second round started, um, and she, this, this is the thing, she had listened to a corner, so that's one of the most important things, there's a lot of times you see fighters, they don't really listen to their corners, so she listened to a corner, and she was trying to hit different angles, she was moving forward, it's very weird though, how this fight ended, because she caught Aldridge, I, I think it was just a jab in the face, and Aldridge just then kind of stopped. It was weird. She's by the fence. She just kind of stopped and covered her head. Kind of turtled up, covered her head. And um, that was it. You know? That was it. And you're like, what just happened there? Because essentially Aldridge quit. And you think, it, 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 for that to happen, she like, was she injured? You know what I mean? Did an eye socket break? Did, like, what happened? It was it's very weird how it ended. But Barber came back from adversary, adversity 
and won the fight. So she showed a lot of heart. But it's very clear that, hey, she needs to put in some serious work in um, her defence. And needs to kind of just push that fight IQ a little bit. So it's going to be interesting who she's up against next. Because they her next opponent will really have gained a lot from this fight. So we then have Luis Pena. So the violent Bob Ross against Steven Pettersson. Uh, so it's Ultimate Fighter against Dana White's Contender Series. Um, Luis Pena missed weight. So I think he's two and a half pounds over. Um, and he did look slightly bigger than Pedersen. Like, so in this fight, Pena basically controlled the fight. But the thing was, he did hurt Pedersen at times. But he didn't really follow that up. And it just seemed that he was... Peppering Pettersson with light punches rather than anything solid. So I don't know if he was fighting in that way because, you know, his gas tank was compromised from the failed weight cut. But it, it was just like he, you wanted to see him add a bit more variety to his attacks, he wasn't kicking much either, he, and when he did kick, hey, it was clear that it, it, it was successful, but he just wasn't kicking much, so yeah, you, you would definitely like to see more variety in Penner, and you want to see him, like with the DS brothers, now they'll throw, like, a barrage of light punches, and then suddenly a hard punch, which then throws you, because you're not expecting the hard punch, so you want to see Penna vary up like that, just not every punch, just a little tippy tap, you know. So, but it will be interesting because can he even make one hundred and forty-five? See, this is the big question: Does he really? Should he really just be fighting at one hundred and fifty-five? I don't know. I think a lot will come clear from the next fight. Um, Juzier Formiga against Dev, Deverson Figueredo, nah, it was okay, it was back and forth, uh, Juzier won it, I think it was clear that he won it, but, you know, it was alright, John Medesi against Jesus Pinedo, ugh, this was... It was kind of dull. It was a very dull fight. And the crowd booed the hell out of it. But I have to say, the National cra- Nashville crowd booed so much during these fights. It was crazy. It, it really was crazy. They basically just wanted to see two people stand in front of each other slinging. That's what they wanted to see. Didn't want to see any groundwork. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were crazy. But with this fight, you can definitely see um, they were a little bit just in the moves. 
So we then had Curtis Blades against Justin Willis. And this fight, oh my gosh, these two did not like each other at all. At all. Oh man, it was crazy. Right? Especially, um, so yeah, during the weigh-ins, just like Willis is just barking at Blades. Well, uh, like last week, Willis was on um, UFC Unfiltered with Matt Sarah and Jimmy Norton. And he was, ah, oh, he was going off. He was going off. So, it, you know what I mean? It was interesting. When you saw them across the cage, it was just like, oh. You know what I mean? Blades is, is clearly bigger. Like, and he looked more impressive physically. You know, he looked more in shape. He looked more, uh, you know, physical. Willis just looks heavy. Um... But, you know, it doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? But when the fight started, Curtis had his way with Willis. Just had his way. He he took him down and just controlled him. He, oh, man. Yeah, he was just slamming him. Just picking him up, slamming him. Picking him up, slamming him. Taking him in. Even, there was a couple of occasions that the takedown kind of looked like it went a bit wrong because it was kind of a drag and throw but even with that blades was still able to then get top position you know what i mean it, it, it was just like anyone else you feel could have utilized the slight slip but willis just it was like after a few takedowns he's he he was done you know what i mean he is just like his will had been broken. He was very frustrated. He was seriously blowing. Seriously blowing after the first round. Um, and then even on the feet, when it was for a little bit, wasn't for a lot, but yeah, Blades caught Willis on the feet. So yeah, Blades won and... Oh, then it just got crazy. They're like, Blades is just barking at him. And it's just like, mad security in the ring. Yeah, it was insane, man. It was insane. But yeah, Blades, it was a clear, dominating victory. Uh. So then we get to the main event. Stephen Thompson against Anthony Pettis. And um, yeah, it was it was like Thompson was extremely light on his feet, like, in and out, just landing shots, um, hitting with the jab, always hitting with the jab, you know, marked up Pettis, yeah, like, his nose was bleeding, everything, it was crazy, but Pettis is getting Thompson with the low kick a lot, which, you're wondering, because Thompson wasn't really blocking low kick. On a few occasions, he blocked, like, a higher kick. But the calf kicks and stuff, not blocking him. Not blocking the kicks at all. Um, You do see, like, a lot of kickboxers be able to um, take the kicks. You know what I mean? When you're watching Glory and stuff like that. 
but you're wondering how much could this have compromised Thompson in the second round? His movement was still good. It didn't look like he had slowed down at all. But, but, Yuri. So we were at the end of the second round. Pettis is against the uh, against the cage. Um, Thompson was landing on him. He then started to back up. And then out of nowhere, Pettis just launches himself forward, catches Thompson with a hook. And it's like Thompson was done. Thompson was out. Out. Like Pettis landed another two. But, yeah, Thompson was out. He was out cold. It was insane. And it looked like Pettis had done a, a, a kind of showtime kick type of thing. But, no, he, he it was, yeah, it looked like he had used the cage to propel himself forward. But he actually hadn't. It was just a Superman type punch but it wasn't quite because it was a hook rather than a straight punch and I I think the pro- the thing was and why it knocked Thompson out because he didn't see it coming he didn't think he was going to get hit like that like in the interview afterwards Pedis was going yeah because you know I'm the faster guy I don't believe he was the faster guy like I, you know, what I, mean? I don't really think there was much in the speed with the two of them. They were both very quick. I think the problem is, like Till, um, the other week, Thompson has his hands very, very low. So, I think it's just a case of getting him while his hands are low. Like. Woodley did it to him twice in those two fights. And Pettis just realised, okay, let me try this Hail Mary. So, yeah, did a Superman. But instead of coming straight forward, he brought the hook. So it really just kind of threw Thompson off. I think Thompson maybe was thinking, oh, is this a flying knee? What is going on? But yeah. Just sparked him, sparked him cold. It was crazy because up until that point, Thompson was winning that fight. That's the insane thing. He Thompson was clearly winning that fight. So Wonder Boy went down to Superman. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, man, it was crazy. It was insane. But, but yeah, that's fighting, and so that's the thing because what you what we we're seeing of late, there's a lot of people calling out lighter fighters, which I always find weird. Like you've got at the moment Tyrone Woodley calling out Conor McGregor, and you're just like, and Anderson like uh, last year Anderson Silver was calling out Conor McGregor, and I'm just like, why the fuck? Are you calling out a lighter fighter? 
You know, we've seen McGregor fight at 170, but he wasn't actually one. He was 169 in those fights. You know, so he doesn't, it's not like, yeah, he cuts weight to 155, but not a lot. So he's not a 170 fighter. So for Tyrone Ridley, who cuts to 170, it's very weird when you call out a lighter fighter. Like we saw it with um, Till and Masterville. Like Masterville, like he's fought at 170, but he's kind of an, a tweener. You'd, you'd probably have him at 165 if that was around. But he knocked out Till. You know, like Thompson, bigger than Pettis, Pettis knocked him out. So it's all well and good for these people to be calling out and trying to make fights with lighter fighters. But when you lose, whoa, it, it, it's just not the best. You know what I mean? It, it it really, it doesn't look good. doesn't look good at all. Because you are the bigger person. So you should, you should technically win. You should technically punch harder. You know what I mean? You, you should be able to, like, be more physical in the fight. So to get knocked out by the smaller guy. Which just shows a lot of times knockouts is its placement... And fooling the person with your with your with your punting punt punching patterns, because if you can hit someone with a punch they don't see, a, then it's anyone's game. You know what I mean? But um, so we we have fighting next week. Um, we've got the UFC is. Is coming from um where are we coming from next week? Um Philadelphia. So it's the second E on ESP card. Uh and yeah, it, it looks like it's um gonna be a good one. Edson Barbova is uh, against Justin Gaethje. You know what I mean? Caroline Kavokovic against Michelle Waterson. Woo! Good fights, right? Man. Yeah, there's some, there's some decent fights on this card. So, definitely looking forward to that one. Hopefully, it will be a lot of fun. So, yeah. More UFC next week. Ah, pretty good, right? All right, people. After a couple of weeks away, I went back to... Uh, to catastrophe people and watch season three uh which was still as good as i remembered the um you know the gist of it as said on amazon prime website is rob and sharon have faced unexpected pregnancy and abrupt parenthood but can they survive an unexplained receipt for the morning after pill. With their relationship on shaky ground, they attempt to weather unemployment, mortgages, children who bite, Brexit, jealous co-workers, drunken mistakes, friends in rehab, disastrous job interviews, insane family, and of course, 
keeping the children alive. So yeah, this was yeah, it was a busy season. Um, like the season two ended with the you know I mean the couple they kind of separated. I mean, kind I guess kind you can say that. You know, Robert moved out over the um incident at work where he got suspended because of the made up allegations. So that happened. Ro- Sharon had lost her shit. Rob moved out. Um, so Sharon went out with her friend. They got extremely sourced up. And she got speaking with a lad. Um, I say lad because he was very young. Uh, and we see her go up on the roof with him. And then that's it. Like, the next day, she's back with Rob. She doesn't remember what happened with the guy. But she goes to the chemist to take the morning after pill, just in case. And, uh, yeah, so season two ends with Rob going to pay for pizza and finding the morning after pill receipt. Dom, dom, dom. So that's where we start off, really, with Rob thinking, shall I ask about this? What the fuck is going on? No, I'm going to leave it. I can't leave it. No, I'm going to leave it. Then they confront and talk about the whole situation. And it kind of goes from there, you know, um, because he he's trying to be reasonable but he's still kind of miffed about the whole thing but you know they they had a big talk at the end of season two and they both realized look that shit's gonna happen you know that neither of them are fallible but they do love each other and splitting up would also just be too much of a hassle so (laughs) so romantic uh so uh yeah, he, he's remembering all of this and he's trying to, think, keep things on a measured basis. Um, and so there's a lot of funny around all of that, really. Uh, but that, you know, what I mean? so we have a few episodes of them kind of working through that situation. Uh, you know, what I mean, like, oh, are you ever going to touch me again? And, you know, what I mean? it's, it's, it's the kind of. I guess the typical stuff that you can think of, but done in the amusing catastrophe way. So we then have the situation of, you know, Rob not working, trying to find a job. You know, what are my options? Oh, modeling. Maybe I could do that. And, you know, so we, we see him navigating the whole crazy unemployment world. And I think we all know how miserable that can be. So we are seeing this and, you know, it's things that we've learned previously about them both. You know, what their triggers are and things like that. And we see them. We, we see these things get sparked. And it's just like... Hmm, 
what is going to happen now? You know what I mean? Rob can't drink, or can he drink? You know what I mean? Was he making just a big deal out of the situation in the first place? Like, what is the actual situation? Like, what's going to go on? And we kind of learn that. You know, there's a, there's a nice scene with Carrie Fisher. Um, I think in episode six. Yeah, episode. I think it was in episode six. There's a nice moment. And it's also a different kind of moment because, you know, you think one thing and, and, and you know, how she is. But, yeah, she, like, completely flips it. And that was amusing. And so all of this, and it, and it's kind of, you know, it, it's just doing what catastrophe does. Letting us see normal life, but in a, a funny way, you know. But with it still being glaringly uh, contrite, you know. Like, it's funny, but it's still, yeah, that shit happens. You know what I mean? They they really know how to twist things in a way. Because I think if it had just been complete hilarity, that would have definitely have taken away from the moments. So um, Horrigan and Delaney, they really know how to balance things out, which really takes skilled writing, you know. It's not an easy thing to make certain things funny. Like a school run where, you know, oh, is your kid a bully or is that kid the bully? And wait, that kid likes to dress up? Okay. You know what I mean? And so it's like this tightrope that they're walking all the time with all these subjects that people are losing their shit over. I guess it wasn't as bad back then. But even with it now, I think they do walk the line well, you know what I mean, which is, yeah, it's, it's well done, and it really, it makes you enjoy it, because we've all seen it, you know what I mean, we've all seen these situations, it's like, knowing, like, couples who, I remember one, and she would go, oh, you know what I mean? I had a dream that my boyfriend was cheating on me. So I didn't speak to my boyfriend for a week. And the these great... But if you laugh at her, she is pissed. So, you know what I mean? The show takes things like that. Like shit that we see in real life. And allows you to joke with it. You know, because, yeah, in real life, you can't always joke about it. You know what I mean? Like, when you hear that y- your friend has offered his girlfriend money to abort their kid. And it's a bit like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, you can't joke about that situation. Even if it was said in the oddest way. That is just hilarious, you know? So that is... It's just the, the skill and the class of catastrophe that it can do this. But this season, man, it's like, whew, there's a lot of shit happening that is very sad. It, it, you know what I mean? These moments, it, it, it 
fits these little poignant moments into its fabric that make you go, oh, oh man, or, oh, that was nice, yeah, that is really nice, or, no, that can't happen, that's too soon, what, no, and, and there's a, yeah, there's still, there's a lot of that, there's a lot of that, and it ends, god damn it, the way it ends is just, you, you know, you're, you are torn, you are really torn, because you're just like, <gasps> it's finally, and also, you're just like, oh, but, you know, like, the gesture was a good gesture, and oh, was it their fault? Oh, no, I don't think it was, like, where do they go from here? What happens next? And I remember watching that last episode, like, the other year, and just thinking, I can't believe I'm going to have to wait now before I can get into season four. This is insane. So, yeah, I'm very glad that, you know, I have season four. So I can watch that. So looking forward to that. But yeah, it is a crazy way to end things. And it makes you definitely wonder how season four is going to be framed. Especially because season four is the last one. So yeah, yeah, you know, I, I people, this... The quality doesn't drop. You know what I mean? If you liked season one, if you liked season two, you will love season three. You know, it just gets better. You know what I mean? It just gets better. And another thing, we finally see Jeffrey. Yep. We finally meet Jeffrey in this season. So, that's something big, right? So, people, yeah. If you've enjoyed the other seasons, you're going to love it. So, check it out. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's on More 4 in the UK. Um, it might be on other services in other countries. I don't know. All I know, people, is that Catastrophe Season 3 is fantastic so check it out check it out now okay so yo had to get back to um the mark lawrence series that i started um a couple weeks back so this week i read book two of the ancestor uh which was gray sister Again, it's narrated by Helen Duff. And this is the breakdown. In mystic class, Nona Gray bring, um, begins to learn the secrets of the universe. But so often, even the deepest truths just make our choices harder. Before she leaves the convent of sweet mercy, Nona must choose her path. And take the red of a martial sister 
the grey of a sister of discretion, the blue of a mystic sister, or the simple black of a bride of the ancestor, and a life of a prayer and service. All that stands between her and these choices are the pride of a faulted assassin. The ambition of a would-be empress wielding the Inquisition like a blade and the vengeance of the empire's richest lord. As the world narrows around her and her enemies attack her through the system she has sworn to, Nona must find her own path despite the competing pull of friendship, revenge, ambition and loyalty. And all, and in all this, only one thing is certain. There will be blood. Ah, sounds good, right? And, yo, I have to say, look, the last book, Red Sister, was so good. It was so good. And you think, okay, there's got to be a slump, right? How how can it continue to you know what I mean? There's everything. Like a lot of things do not like you know what I mean. They're still good, but they're just not quite as good. Yo, this book is still good. It's still as good as book one. Like it, it, it you know, if things start off so. You know, like, in the first book, there was that kind of situation of her, you know, coming into this new world and having to circumvent, understand friendship and all of that. So she's got there, but now she's moved into a different class. So there's that. There's the whole, like, okay, so now I'm transitioning into a new situation. But. You know, if if you just play it then like it was in book one, you, you're going to get a little tired. You know what I mean? It's going to be like, all right, it's cool and all, but we've seen these situations, so we need something different. And, um, yeah, we do get that. We get different shit. It's just like, um, it's very interesting. Because, yeah, it's kind of played like, you know, it's the nobility. It's people that are coming in with these different agendas that are now pulling at Nona and are influencing her. But then we're seeing other people who she wasn't sure about in the first book. You know, we're seeing those situations blossoming and weird friendships forming that, you know, take you, the reader, by surprise and also they're taking Nona by surprise. So there's, there's all of this, you know. Then don't forget, because all, all of this stuff at the convent is in the past, so, you know, the book starts off with, you know, the current situation. And we're just like, all right, so what's happening with this? You know what I mean? Like, what's happening with this frigging war that's just about to kind of go go ballistic on us? And so we've got that too. And it's just like, 
Oh man, what is happening here? This is some crazy ass shit. And and yeah, as I said, like everything is playing, and it's all just like it's keeping you enthralled. But you're just like, fuck, where is this going, man? And Lawrence does a really good thing because he moves the setting. So we're from, um, you know, what I mean, he he's taking things away from the convent, which which kind of then gives you new environments, new things that are pulling on the characters. And then he also creates this new situation because, you know, you don't want to make a character like all powerful, all seeing, all knowing. Because then you're just like, well, like no situation is ever going to be a challenge then. It's always been the, 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 the thing that puts me off Superman. Because you're just like, yo, if he's fu- if he he can fly, he's like bulletproof, he's impervious to most things. Oh, now you're saying he runs faster than the Flash. He's just like laser vision. He can turn back time if he flies fast in the wrong direction. You know, it's just like, well, I don't believe anyone can go at him. This makes no sense. So. We're given this situation that completely changes things for Nona, which is great because now you're just like, oh shit, alright, so, you know what I mean, she's not, is she the one, is she not the one, like what's happening here? Like is everything that kind of was said in the first book, you know what I mean? Are we led to believe that there was a mistake? Like, how is she going to circumvent these situations? So, it, you know, it, 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 it was a great thing. And you're just kind of like, oh, now I'm intrigued. Yeah, because, okay, so if she's now here, where is that? And how can she, how can she survive this? You know, because we've got all these people coming at her now. I don't really see how she's getting out. This is insane. Then you've got this other chess game going on at the convent. And you're just like, okay, well, how, how is this? Well, no, this will go this way, right? Because, oh shit, what's happening now? And so you, you've got this situation building, building, building. And you're just like, well, I don't know how anyone is getting out. I really don't. And this thing happens towards the end of the book that just, you're just like, oh shit. I did not see that coming at all. You know what it reminded me of? I just remember reading June Messiah And everything is building in a way that you're just like Because do you remember, June Messiah is a short book Like you've, you've read June, that's a beast of a book Then June Messiah, that's probably a quarter of the size So you've got to a point and you're like Well, 
I don't know how they're tying all of this together. And then there's that incident with the Reverend Mother, Mother and the Jenny Bezerat and everyone when they're all together and the guild. And then it all goes like a dominoes. And you're like, oh, damn, that's genius. And a similar thing happens here. And you are just, your mouth's open. And you're like, I didn't see that happening at all. That is great. And, it, and it, yeah, everything just suddenly spirals forward. And all the stories unfolding. But, you know, it's still not. Like a perfect situation It's still not Gonna be roses for Everyone which is good Because you're still You're you're seeing still that everyone's got Flaws everyone's got Um these weaknesses You know you can't Control every situation And Yeah you're just You're just gripped You're 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 gripped because you're like Okay so what is the fallout like how how do you survive this how do you go forward how do you not just lose yourself now because all the things that you believed in they've kind of fallen apart slightly you know not everyone has made it out alive so what do you do now you know what do you do and yeah that was great so people if you liked red sister you are definitely gonna love gray sister so yo go check it out now and hey i'm gonna say listen you might have read the first book get the audio book it's great Helen Duff does a a fantastic job with the narration And breathing life into all the different characters So yeah, pick up the the audio book Jesus Christ, what's wrong with my words today? Pick up the audio book, you will thoroughly enjoy it people Trust me So this is book two of the Book of Ancestors By Mark Lawrence Grey sister, check it out now. Okay, people, so yes, we have come to the end of another episode. So we will do the obligatory TV news and then we will bounce. Um, so Steve Zalian, the screenwriter behind Schindler's List and Moneyball is turning his hand to um, Patricia Highsmith's Tom Ripley series. So, you know, we've already had a couple of the books turned into um, films with Matt Damon. But, yeah, the idea is to um, use all the five novels and... um, you know, tell this big story with a TV platform. So the um, the books written by Highsmith are The Talented Mr. Ripley, Ripley Underground, Ripley's Game, 
the boy who followed Ripley and Ripley underwater. And they tell the um, story of Ripley from con artist to serial killer, which, um, yeah, I didn't know it went that crazy. You know what I mean? Just the films, I think, was just the con artist. I was never really a fan, but, I mean, this does sound intriguing. But, um, yeah, so that is the, um, that's the plan. Um, I think there's not really, um, you know, much else on the news front, yeah, like where these are going to sit or anything like that, but uh, I'm sure that news will come out pretty soon. Uh, HBO have... um, Decided to take their Perry Mason series straight, um, well, take the idea straight to series. Uh, and it's coming through uh, Team Downey Productions. Tim Van Patten is going to be um, directing the pilot. Interestingly enough, though. This series is set in 1932 Los Angeles. And, um, our, you know, our main character, Perry Mason, is a, um, a low-rent private investigator. Uh, and he just stumbles on a case of child kidnapping, which then seems to send Perry, you know, on the path we know now. But... I, I swear the, you know, the original TV series that I, I remember catching episodes of as a kid, it was kind of modern day, but maybe I'm, you know, think, remembering incorrectly, but uh, this is going to be um, executive, executive produced by Robert Downey Jr., Amanda Burrell, Joe Horrock. And Susan Downey. Uh, and Roland Jones and Ron Fitzgerald are going to pen the series. And executive produce and be co-showrunners. Uh, and the, um, you know, the last bit of news and something I am very much looking forward to. Netflix have set the date for the release of um, Neon Genesis Evangelion as the 21st of June. So, yeah, I just look, I remember as a kid, Neon Genesis was always talked about as, you know, the, the, the hallmark of anime. You know what I mean? This this great spanning series that panned like I don't know a, a huge like twenty six episodes, and then it was bookended by a couple of films that in themselves were meant to be epic and great. You know what I mean? Like all of this started in nineteen ninety five, man. So 
Do you know what I mean? But it was always hard to come by. And if you did find it, it was like this ropey-ass copy. So, you know what I mean? The fact that Netflix have picked this up is, um, is great. I just hope that there is a dub version and it's not going to be uh, just subtitled. Because that, ugh, that would just be extremely irritating um but yeah you know so um the 21st of june people that will be it and that is it for another episode so um yeah we're done we are done and i will catch you next week so uh yeah have fun people enjoy and I will see you then. Peace.